is an absolute morality? Uh, maybe. And then what? If you think there is, go ahead, be that thing. Bad people go to hell? I don't think so. You think that? Act that way. Hell exists on Earth? Yes. I won't live in it. That's me. Did you ever take a dump made you feel like you just slept for 12 hours? Ben, you just drove back an eight-hour drive from from Ohio. Yeah, I was I, I we uh, was in New York for the Jewish holiday known as Passover. I've heard if of you're it. like a serious Jew, you say Pesach, and you say huh. all these other words that I don't know, like shag shmukshes. There's there's some Yiddish or Hebrew words that look more Irish or Celtic to me. Um, Yes. Uh, uh, so anyway, uh, I was there for that, and then my daughter, who's going to school, and, and let me just say this: we, I was in the car with my mom for fifteen hours. I was in the car by myself for fifteen hours driving there. But then there was this boy. There was a four-hour journey where we took my daughter, who also came up to Brooklyn from where she is. She's living outside of Baltimore because she's going to school. At some place called Goucher in Towson, Maryland. Mm-hmm. So we decided they they took a bus up to New York, her and her roommate, and we decided to drive them back on our quote unquote on our way back to Wisconsin. But so we were in the car for four hours, and the first thing my daughter says is, "Hey, let's listen to that podcast that's called Who the Fuck Is Ben Riser." And I said, "Oh, jeez." <laughs> um, and so we did. But every 10 minutes, she she was sitting next to me in the front, and my mom, her dog, and my daughter's roommate were in the back of the car. But every 10 <laughs> minutes, my daughter turned to me and said, are you are you going to talk about me? You, you, you talked about me on this show, right? I'm like, no. She said, why don't you talk about me? Every 10 minutes, it was like, why don't you talk about me? So here you are, Lily Riser. Well, you're talking about her now, yeah. but but only because you yeah. Only she made you. extreme, and I've talked about her before. And by the way, I talked about her on our our crazies um, seventy movies we saw in the seventies podcast. I right. said that I was watching Dawn of the Dead because I was trying to get her to watch, and she didn't want to watch. It, and I said, "Fuck you." You talked about what shitty shitty taste your daughter has in movies. <laughs> yeah, or that is, the, no. The story of that is that I've in my in my enthusiasm about movies i've really spoiled them for my kids who never want to watch movies with me cuz right. that's all i do um but anyway I will, I will have to make a note of that not to yeah don't do that not to do that I, don't it's going to be tough i don't know fuck them if they can't take it listen dude if you're going to have kids you're going to be in a, you're going to be in a nursing home by the time it's time to watch movies <laughs> fine Good. I can't think of a, a better way to spend my golden years yeah. than uh, making fun of my kids. But more importantly than anything we've said so far, I want to say that I, and this is a coincidence, but I also feel it's very fitting. 
My wife just handed me a bowl of a mango uh, sorbet. So this is in honor of last week's mango juicy juice. <laughs> uh, I'm keeping the tradition going. We're going to be doing yep, mango something as good. Week. Just put that in your mouth and swish it around. You can make juicy juice, your own juicy juice. Mm-hmm. Gabe, Gabe, you, you, you no new microphone yet? We, we ordered one for you. I don't, I, don't, I don't see it. It's not here yet. The, the reliable system of mail that we have, whatever is, whoever's shipping it, Amazon or whoever, not here yet. Should be here in a couple of days, and then I'll be able to do the uh, Joe Rogan where I can adjust my mic every five seconds for no reason. Wow, you were obsessed with Joe Rogan in an unhealthy way. Did you say he he's has some good guests? He's handsome. Is that what you said? No, he's Ben said that. I said his guests are interesting. I, I, the topics he talks about. He had Ray of Today, the singer of Youth of Today, okay, on his show talking about MMA, and I didn't realize that they had some kind of connection. Mm-hmm. But uh, so you you said that you said his stuff was you said it was interesting, right? So what was the interesting part? His guests are interesting, <laughs> not him. Well, maybe he's interesting, but either way, the conversations are interesting that he talks about <clears throat> with his guests that I've seen. Are you into MMA? No, I don't watch it. I are you into MMD? No. I feel kind of bad watching it, like I'm watching something that I shouldn't be watching. It should be illegal, right? Well, I don't know if it should be illegal, but. It's it's not something I would pay to see or, or want to see in person. You know, it's just I it's weird. I don't like it. I I, I don't like it. I I, I uh, yeah. I don't know what the fuck I'm supposed to be getting out of something like that. Wait, what's MMD? <laughs> I don't Isn't know. That kind of. I, I think I meant MDMA. Oh, okay. Gotcha. <laughs> or o, or OMD. Like in high school when they have those fights in the hall and everybody crowds around and watches it. Yeah. I go away. I run the other way when I see a fight like that. That's like with the MMA. I don't really want to watch it. But well, that's because you 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 uh, you you uh, you faint when you see blood. Remember? I do. Yes, I do. But do you really? I don't faint, but I I, I, I wheeze or, or I, I feel weird and then I get lightheaded. All right, poser. Uh, uh, we got to talk about what's behind you right now. Two great records. Oh, uh, you can see them from there. Yeah, Deep Purple, the uh, comeback strangers. record, Perfect Strangers, which uh, Perfect Strangers and Knocking on Heaven's Door on that record are fucking great songs. Knocking on your back door. Knocking on your back door. That's right. It's quite different than Knocking confused. on Heaven's Door. <laughs> Scott, they, all the girls say Scott's back door is really like Heaven's Door. Mm. <laughs> All the girls say that, huh? <laughs> yeah. Okay. The other record back there is live, uh, Scorpions Worldwide Live. From they're both from '84, '85, but both of them are awesome albums from my from my youth. I uh, I like the Scorpions a lot, uh, but I, I think I prefer the '70s Scorpions to the '80s Scorpions. It's just weirder, and uh, it's fucking great. It's it's like the '70s Judas Priest stuff. It's, there's a little weirder thing going on, and. Uh, you know, they would sort of streamline themselves and, and get the hits ready by the 80s came around. But those early RCA records, they were both on RCA, I think. Uh, those are really interesting records. Check them out. I think the, the, what you're talking about mostly would be Uli John Roth, his influence on the band versus... It's not all Uli. 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 It's not all him. You know, like... I like you know, it, Rudolph is writing those songs. It, it's just they there was more of a freak flag on those records. But the the, the Yuli John Roth songs are awesome, even though he can't sing his way out of a paper bag, which makes it better. 
Like on Hell, Hellcat? Hellcat? Oh, yeah. Hellcat. Hell yeah. Oh, I'm totally <laughs> talking about Hellcat. Hellcat is amazing. And and, and the it, it's like, imagine, Ben, imagine a, a, a crazy German Jimi Hendrix. That's Yuli John Roth. And so when you listen to a song like Hellcat, there's like crazy panning things going left and right. And it's like, it's like, what am I listening to? It doesn't make any sense. And it's awesome. You're like, who is that? Oh, that's the Scorpions. That, not Hendrix? No. It's like a barnstorming Hendrix. Yeah, I can't wait to listen to it. And by the way, we'll do a companion playlist. And I, oh, we should do one for last week. The... It's going to go well with Passover. <laughs> yeah, it's going to go well with Passover. Um, but I realize I need to put do one for my episode. And then I, I don't think I have a lot of my music on Spotify. But I will try to re- rectify that. Cause I you know should just put, uh, we're not going to make it. Over and times, over, yeah. yes, yes. I think that would be a great. That would be a great. Uh, what have I? Been I'll tell doing? you what. I'll I'll put the two songs that 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 I was thinking of when I wrote that song. Um, and one of them, I mean, I guess is obvious because it's so close to we're not going to take it. But the other one, I think, is more is maybe more of a surprise. But I'll save that for the companion playlist. I okay. won't even reveal that to you now. But Gabe, I wanted to ask you, what, is, is there a significant... Did I miss you saying why those two albums are up there tonight? Oh, it's just the the year 1984, 85, I, I was just in my eighth grade or, sorry, or ninth grade, right around there. And those records, like listening to, what is it, uh, Perfect Strangers and Knocking on Your Back Door from Deep Purple. Such a, I mean, I think it's a Martin Birch record too, isn't it? Yeah, it is Martin Birch. I mean, those are just <clears throat> heavy, yeah. Riffs, heavy songs. The lyrics. Scott always says something about what's that? The uh, common cunning linguist. You know. Oh, oh, <laughs> excellent, excellent uh, innuendo, sexual innuendo <laughs> lyrics on knocking at knocking at your back door. Uh, we put her on the hit list of a common cunning linguist, a master of many tongues. I mean, I, I could go on, <laughs> but I just fe- I feel Please gross. Do. I feel gross saying all the girls love it when Scott. <laughs> Quotes. Yeah, no, it's it's. Let, let's not talk about the girls anymore. Uh, <laughs> or I'm sorry, is that Deep Purple? But but the guitar solo on that is great. Yeah, it's Deep Purple. Okay. Uh, and the song "Perfect Strangers." It's a lot better than it had any right to be. Uh, I still listen to at least those two songs a lot. They're, they're right. still on my rotation. I heard that on, on XM Radio the other day, and I'm like, wow, this this sounds heavy. It's just I don't understand how they get those keyboards to sound heavy. There's not many bands that can have keyboards that sound heavy. John Lord, master of the the heavy organ. John Lord, the master of the heavy keyboard. <laughs> uh, there's there's a Richie Blackmore documentary that's floating around on, on one of these things, uh, one of these channels or whatever, and uh, it's he doesn't seem like a very pleasant person, but um, there's some good footage um, of old Deep Purple stuff. It's pretty cool. But he seems like a real prick. <laughs> but so, Gabe, uh, you, you put them up there as a conversation starter. Not, not a, there's no tie-in to the rest of this episode. I don't think so. Okay. I was trying to think of, uh, you know, just what was on my mind, what's in my playlist, whatever you want to say. Even though I still don't have my turntable tug plugged in yet, I think it's okay to put something up there. I owned it. I played it. You can see that, that I played the, the, probably some skips on it somewhere. You're still wrestling with that poser thing, aren't you? No, the the where I have my turntable doesn't reach the the cord. It's in the closet. I got to take it out. I'm in the middle of buying a Bluetooth printer, so I'm gonna get a 
power cord and get it all plugged in right. So maybe in a week or two, I'll have a turntable plugged in. Well, that's awesome. Well, here's what I've been doing all week. Uh, I, and I think, uh, Ben, you've been trying to do this too. You've been trying to catch up with all the movies that are leaving the Criterion channel. Yeah, it's a, it's a fool's errand. It's something else. Uh, now, you just got the Criterion Channel recently, Yeah, right? that's my problem. Like, st- I started way too late in the game this month. Well, that's no, that's not going to make a difference. What will happen is you will be like, oh, this is only going to be here for two weeks, and then you, you have to like right. cram everything. Like that, that, uh, that collection of 70s horror films, that's been yeah. on there since October. And you You're know, I'm doing it now. Just you know, I was like, I just gotta watch the brood. So I, but the the problem is, is not only are they taking that away, they're taking away the female directors of the Roger Corman era, uh, and then they're taking away that uh, that Catherine Brylett. Is that how you say her name? Brylett. Yes. Catherine Brylett. I watched, uh, Blue, I watched Bluebird, and it was great. Bluebeard. Yeah. Bluebeard. Bluebeard. Yeah. Bluebeard. Yeah. What did I say? Bluebird. Bluebird, yeah. yeah. I've been driving uh, for 15 hours. Yeah, it's, it's totally understandable. Uh, yeah, I got to see Bluebeard. I watched Abuse of Weakness the other night. That was mm. uh, it was good. It was not my favorite of her stuff. I've watched uh, a couple of those Stephanie Rothman movies, Velvet Vampire and Student Nurses. We showed Student Nurses and Terminal Island a couple of years ago at Cinematheque. And Student Nurses, I thought, was fucking great. It, it's it's kind of cool because it it does what it does, and then right in the middle, there you know somebody's getting a, a back alley abortion in their sure. house, you know, and As it's just like, yeah. you know, if you're watching what's that movie uh, about um, about the the illegal abortion, the Romanian film, f- four months and yes, two weeks and the two number, weeks. right? Yeah. So if you're watching a movie like that and you know you're sitting in in a movie that's about illegal abortions you know you know what you're in for but when you're watching this like uh exploitation movie where you expect to see naked nurses and yeah. suddenly you're you're watching an illegal abortion it, that's shocking you know yeah. i mean uh i still think about it like i'm like what well, that was shocking that was a shocking turn that movie took mm-hmm. but other than that it's I don't know. I, I liked Velvet Vampire a lot more. We should probably be talking about this on the 70s thing. But yeah. <laughs> today I watched uh, Robert Altman's Images. And it had taken me, uh, I, dragging my feet. I drag my feet on all Altman movies, to tell you the truth. I, I'm not really sure why, because I end up loving them. Oh, you but, did? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I really thought this was really great. Um, I did too. I'd never seen it before, and I watched it like a week and a half ago, and I was like, "Oh fuck!" I never knew that Altman made like a legit sort of a ho- psychological horror movie. I mean, that's you know what, what? It is. I probably read about it at at some point, um, but I mean, I liked. I, I prefer it over something like you know, like Don't Look Now, something you know, oh, whoa, whoa. on the hollowed ground. Stop! Stop! stop. Let's t- let's we I'm should t- take this over. I'm to the telling you, I I thought it was properly. I thought it was pretty goddamn good. Um, yeah, it's, so, it is good, but d- d- stop with the don't look out stuff. I think it's better. I think it's better, dog. Uh, so, yeah, if you don't have the Criterion channel, you should really get that. I think that's, I mean, far and away the best streaming service for movies. Um, I mean, Shudder is pretty great, too. Shudder is awesome. If I had to pick two, I'd, I'd go with those. Gabe, you don't have either of those, do you? I've never heard of either. I just got HBO Max for the first time a couple weeks ago, and I might have watched one movie on it yet. So there's some well, of the Criterion stuff is on HBO Max too. Oh yeah, like the, I think uh, it's like the TCM TCM stuff. stuff. That, right. Uh, but speaking of the one that All those I watched Godzilla last movies. night, yeah, the one that I watched last night before it left is this John Stahl movie. Yeah, um, 
when tomorrow comes like from uh-huh. the 30s and it's so fantastic mm-hmm. um we showed it at the festival a couple of years ago but i missed it and i'm so i glad got I one day right i got one day i don't know if i can no that. Not. i know I, you're not i gotta see revenge of the blob uh i gotta get bluebeard oh. in there i've gotta get the brood Let's just get this thing done. So episode I can get to watch two it. of seventy movies we saw in the seventies was all about Revenge of the Blob or Return I, of the uh, Son of Blob. I used to call it used to be called Son of Blob. I forget what the other title is. Okay, so I mean, they, they would just change titles all the time yeah, back then. It still freaks me out. Why? Why? I mean, I know why they did it because so they could recycle the same movies over and over, right? Or that if it didn't work with the first title, if they didn't make any money, they're like, well, maybe it was just the title was bad. Which sometimes uh-huh. that's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. You can do that. You can do whatever the fuck you want. As a matter of fact, we're going to rename this podcast after uh, the next couple of weeks if we don't get some more listeners. So be prepared, everybody. It's going to be Revenge of the uh, Lifers. Revenge, yeah, yeah. Sounds or like somebody it. said something funny about that that they were, that the that you'd be releasing an EP called um, After Lifers. That's that's what we should be doing. I don't think so. Uh, <laughs> So, uh, when this episode airs, uh, uh, the the show. Oh shit! When is what is the date for that thing? Do you do you know, Gabe? Uh, we've okay. got a show at the May 22nd. We've got a drive-in show. Yeah, May twenty second. May twenty May twenty second. Uh, one of those live from the lots. It's going to be May twenty second. It's at Wintrust Field here, just outside of Chicago. Uh, that would have gone if. Everything goes according to plan. That will have gone on sale this morning, this Friday morning. Uh, that you probably, maybe, hopefully, listening to this. So yeah, so that'll be our first show of the year before uh, we we start the. What if fall we put up tour. this episode earlier than Friday? It's only Tuesday, for God's sakes. I think <laughs> I think you know it's important you want me to keep to, it till then. Okay. Yeah, it's important to have uh, consistency, consistency with the, sure. the listeners. You, you want listeners. You just were yelling at people for not listening to this thing. I was. And is, that the, is that place the same place as the other uh, Life from the Lot? I think it is, but Did I changed the but, name. Or? Uh, you know, I was gonna I was gonna look it up before we started this, and I forgot. I'm sorry. You know, hopefully the point is moot anyway, and the tickets are all sold out. So uh, we'll see how it we'll see how it looks. We'll see what what goes on. What Is everything else? planned for it, or is, is it just uh, anything special, or is it just for sure? Uh, yeah, yeah, maybe. We got so some ideas. Out? We got some ideas. We we did that alien poster, so maybe we'll go with the alien thing. I, I'm not sure yet. We'll see what happens. Oh, I'm back on the coffee, guys. Mr. Mr. What? That's Mr. a lovely mug. Mr. Coffee. Mr. Mr. Me. Mr. Lucas. <coughs> back well, to Folgers? Uh, no, it's Dunkin' Donuts. I went to go see uh, Destroy All Monsters uh, at the Music Box, and on the way back, I stopped Dunkin' Donuts and picked up coffee. You went to a movie? Yeah, I didn't right. know that. I didn't even know that the Music Box was was showing movies. Showing movies, and you can only have fifty people in the eight hundred people auditorium. So uh, it's. You're not around anybody, and everyone's got still got the mask on, uh, and they got like two showings a day, and I think they just started showing movies during the week, but uh, for this weekend and last weekend they were showing old uh, Showa era. Destroy all monsters is Godzilla was one movies. of my 
favorite, maybe my favorite movie as a little kid. Yeah. And and one of the first songs I wrote for that Tracy Lord's ex-lovers band was called Destroy All Monsters, based on the title. There's a good band called Destroy All Monsters, too. Was there? Mm-hmm. I think, uh, you know, I, to say those movies don't hold up, uh, you know, obviously, but <laughs> I, I want to get around to watching uh, Son of Godzilla, because it, if memory serves, there are no humans in that, and uh, I want to check it out. And I know it's oh, on that TCM wait. thing on HBO I'm Max. I'm sorry. What's the one I was thinking of where the, there's like a baby Godzilla that's like the friend of this kid, but I think it's sort of like all in the kid's head. I thought that was mm, Son of Godzilla. Maybe that's Son of Godzilla. So there is a human. So fuck it. I'm not going to watch it. But, but it is but weird. It's Son different. of Godzilla yeah. is in Destroy All Monsters. It is, I remember it being pretty weird. It's kind of like this kid who's getting bullied and like baby Godzilla is his like, you know, it's like my bodyguard, but with Godzilla. Right. I think or I'm more of a, Godzilla. I think I'm more of a Gamera guy. Yeah. Yeah, you are. What about you, Gabe? Gamera or Godzilla? <clears throat> I was thinking about the movie that I loved as a kid. <laughs> and <clears throat> you remember that movie Zapped? <laughs> with Scott Bale and Willie is it Willie Ames? <laughs> yeah it, yeah it's Willie Ames and who, who, who's the guy the Hong Kong Foy's voice what's that guy Scatman Crothers yeah you'd only you would know his name by the way that how can I, you not know <laughs> Scatman Crothers he's one of the greatest names of all time he's great and his voice is even greater but that movie I'd love to see it again now see if it holds up I don't know do if you, it doesn't but. do you remember the songs from that movie uh oh I feel a not, playlist not coming up. Well, I only say it because the comedian and and, and um, recent uh, uh, cameo um, giver for Scott, uh, Gilbert Gottfried, uh, has his own podcast. And he frequently sings the songs from Zapped as part of that podcast. He loves Really? How does this song go? I don't know. But if you listen to Gilbert's podcast, you'll hear him sing. Yeah, Gabe, I, I, I think... Uh... You don't think it's going to hold up? Well, you know, I think it's it's showing uh, next month on the Criterion Channel, so you can probably <laughs> it probably is check it out. They should do something like that. There was a Zept too, by the way. Yes. Oh, I know. And the thing is, it it's so much better than the original. It's one of those <laughs> those rare instances where the sequel surpasses the original. But you should see the original first because if you try to see Zap two without seeing Zap one, you'll be totally lost <laughs> it's true it's impossible to follow right and you know willie ames is not in it so it's that's right didn't they pull hong kong foy from tv because it was racist uh, uh i don't know if they did that or if they just pulled it from tv because no one was watching it uh <laughs> you know i'm tired of this the whole thing is like they they pulled this they pulled that because it's racist or maybe they pulled it because no one gives a fuck about it anymore maybe it was on in the first place because it was racist i mean maybe the whole fucking premise was racist and they were like yeah this will sell some uh cereals i mean hong kong fooey he he, he uh, it was a dog who was a master black belt i don't think that's racist well, I mean, if it, anything's racist, it's probably because of the cat in it, right? I, I, it's been so long since I've watched it. Uh, and I don't really want to get into this. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm not going to bring up Speedy Gonzalez then. Yeah, you know, poor Speedy Gonzalez. Uh, <laughs> you like Speedy Gonzalez. I liked it because they had my family in there, Slowpoke Rodriguez. See, once again, that sounded like I was saying something racist, but it's just a fact. <laughs> 
Gabe like Speedy Gonzalez. I mean, if he's if you're not upset, how can I be upset? Hey, you know one one thing that one thing that I thought of when I was driving and driving and driving was was how <laughs> was thinking of driving into the incoming traffic. No, but I remember what a pain in the ass it was being on tour the few times I was with ever, with other people in the van and having to figure out what we what we got to listen to and mm-hmm. how much the other people were going to tolerate it. I'm assuming maybe these days, well, I don't know, it's just the two of you in the van, so it's right. easier? You have less people to argue with about what we're listening to? It's pretty easy. I, I think uh, Ryan's usually in charge because uh, he's doing most of the driving and I'm like doing the numbers from the night before. Uh, that's no t-shirt numbers, not smoking pot from the night before, but, uh, he, he's pretty, he'll play stuff that he thinks that I'm going to want to listen to. So he's in charge of it, but he's also, um, and that's the key, you know, play something that you think is going to turn on the entire van. And is he right about it? Does he, does he know you that way? Yeah. Yeah. You know, so there's a, we end up listening to a lot of Pink Floyd, a lot of Pink Floyd, um, an old Pink Floyd, not none of that mid-period wall wall stuff or anything like that. We never listen to the wall. We always listen to like late '60s, early '70s Pink Floyd. Or Ryan is a really big fan of the first David Gilmore solo record, so that gets so much play that he's he realizes that we've maybe listened to it a little too much. It's a good record, though. Was there a hit on that? There's no way out of here was oh, yeah. was the, the song on it, which was which was a cover, and I, it took me years before I realized that. Yeah, Gabe, back where you when you were in the local H van, do you remember that what was going on then with musical selections? <clears throat> it was usually whoever was driving was in charge of playing because you had to stay awake. Yeah, and <clears throat> Scott was usually in the back watching TV and watching movies on VHS. So me and Joe would be up front and jamming our Caius or Iceburn or, you know, Letters to Cleo and anything in between. Not a whole lot in between, but, you know. Yeah. There's a lot of uh, Liz Fair. Uh, Gabe used to like to do this thing where there, that song on, on Liz Fair record where she talks about watch the dashboard lights. And Gabe wouldn't say anything, but he'd just very silently and cleverly mess with the dashboard lights as she was saying it <laughs> and he'd kind of look, look over at you sideways and sort of start you know like laugh and i'm like oh, very funny yeah very funny that was that was, that was his his gig his trick <laughs> that was a good trick i remember we used to do this thing with the car stereo where we would if we get, it was too late at night and we were that insane like the person in the passenger seat would crank it up and then do this alternating thing where they crank the treble up all the way and the bass all the way down and then reverse it and do like every five seconds, like whatever was playing. And so it created this insane fucking like boomy bass and then tinny treble thing would drive everyone insane. What a horrible person. <laughs> hey, look, look, it's Ander, everybody. So, I mean, if you weren't aware, there's been this uh, pretty cool thing going on for the past month. Uh, it's called March Pladness, and it's this tournament of essays and uh, it's something they do uh, yearly. And uh, this year it's connected to songs from the 90s, like sort of grunge alternative songs. Uh, and this year, this writer named John Melillo wrote a pretty great essay about us and Bound for the Floor. And it ended up 
winning. Uh, so when we're recording that, uh, when we were recording this, it happened this morning. So anyway, we have one of the people who put this thing together every year uh, with us. Andrew Monson is here. Hello. Hey, thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on. And first of all, let me uh, just say right off the bat, I'm sorry for ruining your thing uh, this year. Uh, sorry no, that fun. the band uh, made, uh, you know, I don't think John Malella feels you ruined it. Well, not well, that it's great. I mean, we encourage, we really encourage band interaction. Um, and so it's, it's always, you know, we never know who's going to kind of get involved or kind of figure out like what we're doing and in what way. And this year was just really cool that both like you guys and King's X were on it and a few other folks. So it didn't ruin it at all from my perspective. We liked it. Well, uh, how long have you been doing this? This is since 2016. So this is, uh, I guess this is like tournament five or six. Okay. We did, so we did March Sadness was the first year. Right. Uh, which is kind of the saddest songs of the college rock era. Okay. And which, who won which, that? What, what, yeah. What won? So, okay. So the, the winners are never like the ones you kind of imagine they're going to be. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, 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 I'm it was that. this year. It sure the fuck was this year. <laughs> so the first year it was, um, it was Jeff Buckley's cover of Hallelujah. Okay, that makes Which sense. Which is like, you know, it's a sad fucking song. I mean, like, no doubt, but like- Wasn't, out, wasn't Fast Car from Tracy Chapman? Wasn't that the runner-up? Yeah, okay. and that, that was my choice. And oh. that was actually winning until a bunch of votes came in from like Turkey in the middle of the night. <laughs> and then, so she lost. Um, and then it was March Fadness, which was one hit wonders of the 90s. Then March right. Shredness, the hair metal tournament, March- Oh, who won that? That was so this Japanese band Loudness. Yes. Loudness. You, yeah. You don't have to say Japanese band to us. We know yeah. exactly what you're <laughs> yeah. talking about. Don't be I mean, they were, they were awesome. It, loudness. Just a fucking band. <laughs> I don't yeah, hit, though. yeah, they shred. And so they won like, March Shredness. Yep. And then who, we did like a. a who did you think one. was going to run? Uh, who did you think was going to run the table on March Shredness? Well, you know, I was, I was representing, I wrote about uh, Cinderella. Mm-hmm. And actually, I really love Cinderella. I mean, I know they're not like a cool sort of hair metal band, right? But I, I figured it would be like Poison or something like that. One of like what song did you have? Enough's enough should have won. For God's sake, they, they enough's enough had a. I don't know if they were in the tournament or if we had them as a play-in, but they were mm. pretty cool. The song I had was um, "Don't Know What You Got Till It's Gone." Okay, well, that's that's a great song though. It is, and like <laughs> the power ballads did not go well. Wow. The people like. People were really mad about them. Like they wanted like the real shreddy tracks. Right. Oh, can we go back a second and find out who won the, the March Fadness, the one hit yeah. wonder? So March Fadness was um, Natalie and Bruglia's Torn, uh-huh. which technically wasn't even a one hit wonder by our standards because we use the billboard charts as our kind of metric for that year. You had to have one and no more than one top 40 single. But that one, it hit number 41 uh-huh. in spite of it being... You know, it's to- totally ubiquitous because Billboard didn't count digital sales then. Uh, and so by the time they did, it only hit 41. And so she was a plan and just mopped the floor that whole tournament. And it's a great song. Like, you know, it's a pretty it. good song. Yeah. And then they called it the Imbruglio Imbruglio. Well, <laughs> we, we toured with this band called Edna Swap. And Ed, uh, Edna Swap wrote that song yeah the original yeah. so so we got to hear that song every night for two months and i mean the original kind of sounds almost like a, a melissa etheridge song and yeah. then uh 
it seemed like right away or as they were on tour, that was happening. Like that, that new version of a uh, torn was happening and it went crazy. Yeah, it really did. And that was one that kind of no one saw coming in a certain way, but like what happened with that one, which happens actually with the hair metal one too, is like songs that had a certain amount of ubiquity at the time, people were just kind of sick of it. Like they didn't yeah. want to hear another, even another GNR song and you can never hear too many GNR songs. <laughs> and so like, you know, I mean, a lot of the, the top seeds, like they all got, I mean, they all got like run out of the tournament and then she finds her way up as a 16 seed. To all right, see, that's the thing. Uh, we were a 16 seed uh, on, on uh, March Pladness. Yep. Excellent name, by the way. Um, but I don't, I don't know shit about sports, so I don't even know what that means. Can you tell me what that means? Sure. So like the seating is our best estimate based on some like relatively half-assed metrics um, of how popular a song was at the time. Mm-hmm. So like we were looking at like in the seating is like the one seed is the being the most popular. The 16 seeds are the ones that might not even be in the tournament otherwise. And so like we based that loosely on as best as we could try to figure out like sales, airplay, stuff like that. Um, and then so the songs and I, I actually don't even know like we don't like it's pretty hard to get actual numbers that are reliable yeah. for trying to find those. Um, but that's what, that's what it means. And so the 16 seeds are ones that, you know, I mean, one seeds are like Nirvana's a one seed. Like when right. you think of grunge, like that is the central. And then from, uh, then really from like the, I don't know, the 10 seeds down, they're all bands that like either weren't considered to be grunge quote unquote, like whatever that means, right. uh, or were songs that like, you know, hit, but sort of didn't have the ubiquity that other kinds of stuff have. Right. Cause like all the bands that, you know, when you think of grunge, uh, things like Nirvana and Alice in Chains and Soundgarden and fuck mud honey. I mean, they didn't make it very far and it seemed like everybody that was voting was definitely whatever it was you would think would be the one they decided that they were going to go the other way. There was a lot of, uh, not anti-voting, but, you know, just kind of like, don't tell me who to like. I'm going to go this other way. Contrarians. Contrarian voting. Yeah, yeah. It's very grunge. I mean, it's got that, it's like, you know, fuck you. I won't do what you tell me. Like, <laughs> I'm not going to do, you know, I mean, it's either a lot of times like people don't, they, they sort of don't like the song choice that was in the tournament. Like, you know, that was the wrong Nirvana song we heard from a lot of people. Um, and so they're voting against like, well, you didn't choose the song that I like by this band that I love. Well, what Nirvana song, uh, why did you pick in Bloom? So, you know, we didn't want to put in Smells Like Teen Spirit because mm-hmm. that is the most definitive grunge song, quote unquote. Right. And it just kind of wins. Like, I mean, it's sort of pointless. It's like why we didn't have, um, why we didn't put, no, we actually we did put Bella Lugosi's Dead in our in our Vladness, the goth tournament. Uh-huh. Um, but like, I really didn't want it. I, I, I didn't want it to be. I want you don't to always want to go with the obvious choices. No, because like at, I know there's not a lot of fun in that. Yeah. And so you know we chose in Bloom. You know, so we with the big bands we gave them two songs to let the writers pick which one goes in. Mm-hmm. And so we had uh, Heart Shaped Box, and then we had um, In Bloom as our other choice. I mean, the thing about In Bloom is, uh, 
lately i think it might be the best nirvana song so i mean it yeah that song is really and the way it's written and that guitar solo i mean it's definitely kurt's best guitar solo it's fucking brilliant um that song is great so i i think uh people bitching about your pick are way off here Thank i'm you. also having a hard time believing that nirvana fans would be like well that's not the song they should have chosen so they vote for something else they totally know. did Wow. We got a bunch of people. It's like, oh, that's like a Dave Grohl track. Like, and you're like, <laughs> what? All right. I don't know. People have such like a strong sense of like ownership of this stuff that soundtrack yeah. this really important time in their lives. People were very passionate this year in a way they I, haven't been in previous years. Why did you start doing this? Where, where you? I mean, what, what was the thinking of like doing a bunch of essays connected to songs? Um, were you in a band before? No, but I mean, like a lot of writers always, you know, sort of toyed with the idea of being in a band, like wanted to be a rock star kind of thing. Like I have a great envy of the collaborative work that being in a band is. And so like this came out of like, I don't know, my wife and I, we were my wife, Megan Campbell. She's the other selection committee, permanent selection committee member. And we were listening when it was to a show we liked on Sirius XMU. Um, I know Jenny Ellisque or someone was just talking about how, you know, it's March. We're just going to play sad songs like March Sadness. And I'm yeah. like, and we're like, oh, that's good. Like, what if you had a tournament and they weren't doing a tournament? And we're like, well, how could we take this idea too far? Um, <laughs> which then we did the first year, which like the idea of like sort of subjecting it to a sort of pseudo democratic process that then you can, people could vote and like talk about stuff. It's like fun to do online because you like to sort of, to get into things that don't have a lot of, I don't know, it's better than talking about politics or something like that. And then to like really think through this question of like what makes for a sad song? Like why is is a political song a sad song or does it have to be an autobiographical song that's a sad song? And so we played that tournament and it turned to, you know, I don't think the correct songs like won but like that experience of th going through that and kind of like hearing what people thought was sad and why and why REM isn't sad exactly versus um, Fast Car, which is a terrifically sad song. Would you do Everybody Hurts for yeah. REM? No, no. We, we see, we couldn't find a good one because like REM is like one of these bands that doesn't really fit. Like they're never sad. They're like melancholy, kind of mm. wry, a little ironic. We did... Uh, South Central Rain. Okay. And the REM people immediately were bitching at us. Like, we chose <laughs> the wrong one. You know, I guess we should have done country feedback or something like that. Oh, no. That's no. No, you but, don't want to do that. Yeah. One. I mean, everybody hurts. It's it, it's not a sad song. It's like a, it's a song. Actually, it's about being sad, but also it's a song of comfort. Like, that's the like what that song is about, and which is why we didn't choose it. And, yeah, it didn't really go anywhere, which was sad. <laughs> very sad so we i mean we just love the idea of having i don't know of having like building this machine that we could use to write about memory and music and uh and culture and emotion and it kind of like built from there that we just loved being in conversation with all these different people about about music and kind of what it meant to us at certain times in our lives so when do people start writing the essays so they we have a lottery that takes place in the summer because we had about 200 people wanted to write this year. So we did a lottery for the 64 spots. Um, I think that was August. And then the people that were chosen 
got to choose their songs off the long list. Uh, we had about 125 songs on the long list, so people weren't choosing a song that they didn't like. It was all songs that they were, you know, they had feelings about whatever that looked like for them, and they could. And they a lot of people started writing in the fall. Most people kind of put it off for a while, as you do, yeah. and then probably did it in December and January, or maybe in the last few days before the tournament started at the end of, at the beginning of March. There's everything in here. I mean, you've got uh, Sunny Day Real Estate, which I thought was going to go. That's a great Further sound. than it did. Yeah. yeah. Of course, it went up against Nirvana. Um, Soul Asylum, better than Ezra. Uh, that Butthole Surfers uh, essay was fucking great. Um, you, Fugazi, Blur, Song 2, Lemonheads, Everclear. That was a really good essay, too. Uh, Pavement, I haven't read that one yet. Um, yeah, I mean, I can't see anybody that you've missed here. Somebody was saying that you didn't have the Pixies in here, but you did. You got the Pixies and the Breeders. Um, if you look at the long list, I don't think we missed much. At least we had our own, we have our own inclusion metric. So you have to have certain markers of a kind of grungy or grunge sound. I mean, the problem was like it was originally going to be a grunge tournament, but that's kind of a dumb tournament because everyone knows like Nirvana or Mud Honey or Green River or someone wins. And all the bands that are grunge, quote unquote, like didn't want to be called grunge for more than a right. month. So right. like we had to kind of start expanding out. But there's a bunch like Meat Puppets didn't get picked off the long list. And they're awesome. Oh, yeah. Bush, who I don't like at all. But I mean, is was certainly part of that sound. Right. Didn't make it off the long list. L7, Pretend oh, We're Dead dude. didn't come in. No L7. <laughs> yep. It was on the list. The writers didn't pick it. Did you guys get Screaming Trees on here? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah I had that's okay. that's possibly my favorite song in the whole tournament oh they the, their stuff fucking holds up probably better than just about anybody from that from that era you got dinosaur jr on there uh yeah i mean it's pretty oh you got the refreshments on yeah here. that was a little bit of a borderline call yeah like i actually like the song but i mean like they're not you know i mean they're arizona right so that's a plus because we're in arizona and which is also why I was sad the Meat Puppets didn't make it in. Right, exactly. I was just going to say, what about the Meat Puppets? But that, I mean, that one wasn't going to go that far. Was President of the United States of America on the list? Yes, they were. Oh, yes, Jesus. Ben, yes, they I, are. I'm aware it was, not, it, it was not your song. As I'm, uh, I, I listened well, to the podcast. Man. There was a lot okay. of good President of the United States of America <laughs> content. <laughs> we had oh, Lump in mean? there, and it got, I think, beat in the first round. Good, good for Lump. Yeah, Teenage Fan Club. Oh. I Which song? Teenage Fan Club. The concept. Oh, yeah. Do you guys like the slow ending that's on the album or like the fast ending they used to play live all the time? Like The Satan ending? The Satan ending is a lot of fun, but, you know, album-wise, you got to have the slow ending. Uh, so people, so in the summer, people are already writing. And, I mean, when you started this with... March sadness. How many writers did you have going at that time? So the first time we did this, we Megan and I wrote all of the essays for the sixty-four songs Whoa. for the Holy. first <laughs> the first couple rounds. Like I mean, they weren't quite as full blown as these are. I mean, you know, people whatever. There's like six thousand words on that like that paw yeah. song. It's a great essay. Not I maybe mean, actually a pretty good song. It's got the slide guitar going on it, which is really cool. But right. like, so they were like, you know, more like 500 words a piece, but we wrote 64, 
just blasting through them. And then when we got to the Sweet 16, we got kind of sick of what we had to say about it. And at that point, we invited 16 other writers to write for one of the Sweet 16 songs. And then that became the model that we did for the following year. We're just asking people to write or giving them the opportunity to write about a song like in July. So are these all writers that you know that you're part of your a loose writer community or people like seeking you out and finding out about it and just uh, submitting, you know, I mean, do you know everybody that that's writing on this thing? Okay. No, I mean, we, and a lot of them are not writers. Like some of them, um, some of them are are like, we had this, this, this friend of mine, he, um, he was in a band, never like really like made it that far. Hope he doesn't listen to this podcast because it probably will take a object to my description of that. But he was a band called Squint and they're a good band, um, Uh but never really like made it that far. And he wrote a great essay about scorpions rock you like a hurricane for shredness. Yeah. Um, And he's not a writer. He'd never published anything before. We had a dude whose his first published essay was the Radiohead one this year. Uh I would say like at least half of them are people that I know or I'm aware of on social media. Uh, I mean, sometimes like, you know, we get when someone discovers the tournament in a previous tournament, they're like, hey, what the fuck is this is the first response. And then often they're like, oh, shit, like, I want to do that. So then they put their name in the lottery. Um, At least so half of the people this year are people that had never written for the tournament before. A few are writers like that I know pretty well. Some of them are friends who aren't writers. Some are musicians who got really frustrated with the competitive aspect of the tournament in some years. That's a big part. Yeah. Of Everyone gets pissed off at it at a certain point yeah. also. I noticed. <laughs> yeah. Like the, the guy who wrote the Butthole Surfers essay, he's only written three essays in his life, which were all mm-hmm. for the March Exodus tournaments. That's all he mm-hmm. writes is like these music essays. Um, and that's it, which is really cool. It gives people the opportunity who aren't writers sometimes, but, you know, have some thoughts or some feelings they want to try to work through and put on paper and then do something kind of cool with it. Yeah, that essay was really good. Uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of uh, that book, Our Band Could Be Your Life. And I think that essay is just as good as as uh, Michael Azarod's chapter on that. I was like, oh, this guy gets everything about this band that, you know, Michael maybe didn't get. I was kind of hoping they'd get involved in some way. I mean, of course they're not going to because like whatever, they don't give a shit and they're barely on Twitter and not really like operating as like a band as far as I can tell. But it was, I don't know, would have loved like, don't they have somebody who's on their Twitter who's like entertained by this, this sort of experience? I guess. Well, I I, I think what you get is uh, I think, and people are kind of shocked to find this, that on, some Twitter uh, accounts, there is an actual person at the end of it. Like in, in the instance of ours, there's an actual person there. But I think most of them, there's not really an actual person. And it shocks me when somebody goes, oh, their manager takes care of it. And I'm like, oh, yeah, of course. I mean, why would they want to do that, especially if they don't have anything to say? But but yeah, I mean, and that sort of makes that the facelessness of, of all of it. So, I mean, that's. That's probably the case, right? It is. And I mean, but at the same time, you know, the essay about garbage, I think in the first round game or maybe the second round game, Shirley Manson tweeted back at 
at the writer right. who wrote the essay about that and just blew the writer's mind. She was like so stoked because it's also a pandemic, right? So people don't yeah. necessarily have the normal things they'd be doing. And I guess Shirley Manson just hanging around the garbage Twitter, which is pretty badass. <laughs> right, right. Didn't didn't the author make a, a cup? Yeah, yeah, I would too. That's great. Yeah, that was pretty good. That was pretty good. Something that kept coming up in relation to us, and I think I have an idea what... Who the fuck is Crux Shadows? <laughs> so, okay. And why, do, and why do people keep bringing them up in, in regards to us? So, and I, I refuse to pronounce it the way that I think it's supposed to be pronounced. I think they pronounce it Crew Shadows, but <laughs> okay. I pronounce it Crux Shadows because obviously yeah. that's what it ought to be. So, in March, Vladness, um, you know, which is the goth tournament, and. Mm-hmm. It's not a tournament that like most of the bands were like, really that invested in being called goth, of course, in the same way that you know they're trying to outlive grunge in the same way. But like the the Crux Shadows are a band, they're contemporary. I mean, they had a song which was like I think it was in like uh, what mid nineties or something like that. And when but the guy who runs it, his name is Rogue. He goes by Rogue, and that gives you a sense of the kind uh-huh. of guy he is. Mm-hmm. Like he's. He is extremely, he's on the Twitter, he's on their Facebook, he's on all the social media. It's like him and a band of like 10 very attractive, nearly nude women, as far as I can tell in the band, <coughs> who probably are a rotating cast, but it's like him. They're like a kind of more synthy. And he like, and when he saw it, he's like, I want to fucking win this. And he motivated right. his like zombie army to get like thousands of votes every time by giving them like free tickets and stuff like that (laughs) and people were really pissed off at the crux shadows for as they saw it kind of taking over the tournament um that's not how we i mean you know megan and i we see it as we value we we value when bands get involved i think it's actually pretty cool and it's really chaotic and no one can predict it so it kind of ruins everyone's brackets which is pretty funny but like that guy he was so hype about it like he was like DMing me like all the time. He's like, "Is this what sports are like?" And I'm, I'm like, "Yeah, kinda." I mean, except you're not really doing anything except tweeting stuff. And yeah, people were very annoyed. But it was the first time that we'd had like a band that like really fucking wanted it, which right. is very ungoth also. But like, right. I don't know. I mean, like they wanted it. Like we sent them. You know, we have we have like a, a trophy that we sent them. They're the first. I tried to give one to Natalie and Bruglia, but if, you know, she's not getting back to me with my attempts to send her like the trophy or the championship. Get in line, join the club. I know. So anyway, that's what people, so that's that's what people were sort of fearing. I think this year is that all of a sudden, like we get a band that's like, no, I want to win this fucking thing. Yeah, it was, it was weird. Cause, uh, cause I, I think we got tagged by John, uh, John, the guy who wrote the essay about us. And and I was like, I don't know what the fuck this is, but uh, you know, I, I retweeted it. It's like I, I don't I don't even know what a sixteen seed is, but this is pretty cool. Like some of these essays are really good. I read the rid of me one, and I was like, you should check this out. And you know, we're up against Pearl Jam, so we're probably not going to go very far. And then and then it kept going. And then you know, and then we, once we got up into the garbage whole territory then it started to get a little nasty and i was like whoa maybe i'm i'm overstepping my bounds here but then i almost felt like i started to get really protective of john you know like it just seemed like he was starting to take some heat and so i was kind of like all right you know fuck this let's you know 
yeah. sending him like words of encouragement. Um, but yeah, I, I can I can understand how it would have been pretty 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 annoying to to have that happen. I just you know I mean people really get like a sense of ownership about both like the music especially this year the music so really soundtracked some trauma for a lot of people that i think came up and yeah. in but in general they i mean they they like it when bands and musicians are interacting but they get territorial about it um in the way that they get territorial about us choosing the wrong nirvana song or not including Slater Kinney who by the way were on like the long list and they're a great band mm-hmm. um so people get very territorial about it and it's twitter right so it's not like lending itself to nuanced conversation <laughs> and i don't i don't know it doesn't it doesn't bother me like i like it i enjoy it but i i also don't like seeing when people are like really getting mad about it like i mean it's an internet contest like it does matter like it's it's a beautiful thing we've made but it's also right. an internet contest and like it's okay to take a step back from that sometimes as the bit the song you really loved loses it hurts and it sucks but it's not that meaningful in the long term right exactly right it's not the it's not the national election or exactly. is it exactly kind of well sometimes. we yeah was the national was in this bracket too no Although I see what you dearly did, ben. love the national, so I would love to see, okay. I would love to see like them show up. Oh, sorry, go. They, ahead. they could have been in March Sadness. There's plenty of sad national songs. Oh yeah, but they, but 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 they probably. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Did you have people actually fill out brackets for their their winners yeah. that they thought would win? And, and yeah. did anybody actually have local H as a winner? I mean, yes. I, I'm not trying to. You know. One, one out of about 220 chose local H. Um, and as a result, we haven't done all the tabulations yet because that we have to like, well, we, I'm just scoring them manually. It takes a lot of time to go through and like score all these brackets Jesus. manually, but like, yeah, one person did. And one person had like King's X making it to the final four. But yeah, that person who picked local H almost certainly going to win. I can't believe anybody did that. I mean, I, yeah. I can't believe it. Like, I wouldn't have picked it. I would have. But is there the money involved she, with this? Are they, are, no. Do they get a... Oh. <laughs> no, but yeah, there's a prize. I mean, like, you know, we give a prize to the winner. I think it's going to be a, some kind of threadbare flannel shirt to the winner of the bracket. Scott's wearing it right now. <laughs> hey, man, I live it. You know, I don't, I don't just talk it. But we, I mean, we'd love to have... The National totally could have fit in a sadness bracket. They're one of the saddest bands I know. But we have... The rule is normally it has to be at least 10 years old. Mm-hmm. And I guess National, I guess, what, Alligator is 2005. Are, are, yeah, so. they are now, yeah. Yeah. But 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 the sadness was like sort of like the 80s, right? 80s and, 80s and early 90s. We'll do another one that I think is... Oh, we'll do March Sadness 2... Then maybe uh-huh. 90s and aughts or something like that. And maybe opened up beyond like the college rock kind of stuff. Because like there's so many great like sad, like big pop hits that I think would be kind of cool to have in the mix too. Like what? I mean like nothing compares Celine to Dion, you. Celine song in Titanic. Oh yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah. The Titanic track. Even Private Dancer, that Tina Turner song, that's a fucking sad song. <laughs> and there's, a, I mean there's a lot of, I mean sadness is like such a, I hate to say it's a popular emotion, but it's an emotion that is ever present. Sadness and love are the big two well, like in music. The thing about it is sad songs say so much. <laughs> See what you did there, Scott? I did it. I did it. 
and I knew I was going to do it too. What are you going to do next? What's 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 on the docket for next March? So next year is going to be um, March Faxness, which uh-huh. is cover songs. Uh huh. Um, which will right. be, and the we're we're changing things up a little bit so that we are going to let people instead of us having like a long list people can choose from, we'll have some rules. I think it has to be released as as a single or on an album or something. So it can't just mm-hmm. be like a, a live version that someone did, no matter how epic. But we're just going to let the 64 people who get their numbers chosen for the tournament choose their own song. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm. it's going to be a way different ball game than it was this year. I have no idea how to predict it. I mean, <laughs> nothing compares to you is in fact eligible, right? Since that's that was a Prince song... Although I don't know if the, he released it before Sinead did. So I'm maybe not. Sure. not actually. I, I couldn't tell you. But I mean, that might. I mean, what's a better cover than Nothing Compares to You? Gabe, what's a, what's a best cover of all time? Best cover of all time? I'm thinking of Whitney Houston's cover of Dolly Parton. But I'm, I'm not, that's the best of all time, but I was thinking, you know. I Will Always Love You, yeah. That's a pretty good cover. I don't know. What do you think, Andrew? I mean, your cover of Joey, I thought, was excellent. I, oh, I swear to God, yeah. that's exactly Thank what you. I was about to say. <laughs> yeah. It's great. I mean, and that was like, actually, Megan wrote the essay, the Sweet 16 essay for Joey in March Sadness. Great song. Great song. It's yeah. probably the best alcoholic love song yeah. ever written. Is, is there a place to see all these old essays? Are yeah. they archived somewhere? Yeah, if you just go to marchexness.com, which is like the main website, there's a menu item for every tournament that we've done. Mm-hmm. So you can just look at all the all the old games and all the old essays. This probably should have a little better a little better um, interface for it. But you can see everyone, including the March Sadness, which is off. That's like we had like a blog spot or something like that before we went like big time with our Squarespace. I think I saw now. that. But yeah. yeah, they're all up there, and there's a lot of really wonderful essays that people have written, often eliminated in the first round. But still are, I mean, there's a lot of really great music writing by people that aren't music writers or sometimes even writers. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, I don't know if you've read much music writing lately, but it's in the shitter. So uh, (laughs) it's, I mean, you'll do an interview and people will, nobody talks to you anymore when they interview you. They'll, They'll send you like a list of questions and it's almost like homework. You've got to answer. You've got to do all the work for them. There's not a whole lot of writers at least of the caliber of these essays that i've seen lately i mean obviously that's not everybody but by and large people aren't putting uh, i don't know their hearts into the work the way the people on this uh march platinus have, have done what about a book Put, putting it all together in a book we've thought about that i actually tried to pitch this because there's so we have so many great essays i tried to pitch mm-hmm. it to my agent um a couple years ago and she did not seem to see the possibilities for it um which is really sad because i think this would be a great i mean you know there's a book just in this year's tournament right i mean 64 essays is a lot of essays yeah yeah that's what i'm so, saying yeah I, I, series of books yeah i think it would be gabe? awesome gabe you want to put together the book <laughs> and sell it on the gnp side I didn't get a chance to, to read all the essays myself. I, I mean, I, I'm probably one of the few people that didn't realize you were voting for the essay and not the song. So, you know, I, I guess I don't qualify as, as being totally informed on what was actually going on. But a lot of people were probably just voting for the song, right? Yeah. 
I'd say, I don't know, 60, 70% just voting for the song, 20% for the essay, and then 20% you vote for the essay if, if you don't really care strongly about the song either way, would be my guess. And that's fine. Yeah. Like, you know, people can vote for however they want. Yeah, I saw some people that would vote for one band on Twitter and another band on on the website. Yeah. Uh, so I was like, all right, well, just don't vote at all, I, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, so can, you, I, can I ask a question here? Sure. I would love to hear, I mean, like, Local H does a lot of covers. It's clearly, like, an ongoing project. And I would love to hear you talk about, like, what that means and... Like why why is that a thing that you're committed to doing or you enjoy doing? Um, I don't, I just like covers. I I I I dig them and and I and I always have and uh, but but you can sort of uh go about them two ways in my mind. Like you can do a straight up cover as if you're a garage band and you just love the song and you just want to play it, and then you can like do a reinvention of it and rethink it. Um. And we tend to do uh, a lot of covers, like female pop covers. Um, and that might be because of uh, the seven seconds that you remember they had that cover of 99 Red Balloons. And there's something about that really stuck with me, I think, throughout the years. I mean, I just like singing songs uh, that most people remember them being sung by women. Because uh, first of all, you know, it's different right, right from the get-go right there you know it's like it's a dude singing it instead of a a woman singing it so that makes it easier but uh, but i i like that and i think that that um i don't know if this answers your question but but i think that's all comes from that seven seconds cover um you know i don't know covers are fun more than anything right i mean that's that's pretty much it juliana hatfield somebody that we like her covers a lot um, yeah, she did that whole Olivia Newton-John covers album, right? Which was great. Yeah, that was yeah. really that was really great. Uh, Physical yeah, was but an she, awesome track. Yeah. Oh, the, the the my favorite one from that was uh, uh, a little bit more love. Oh that yeah, yeah, that's Megan's terrific. favorite too. Oh, it's such a great yeah. song. Such a great song. Uh, but she's had a like a long history of choosing really cool, interesting covers. And uh, and she's definitely one of the people that like I look up to as far as choosing covers. I don't know. I mean, they're beyond anything. They're just fun to do. Do you know? Um, there's a, a little label out of New York called Turntable Kitchen that I discovered. I don't really know how, but like they put out limited edition LP only full album covers. Um, uh-huh. So they get, they get a band, usually it's an indie band or whatever, and they get to do, like, there's a Pains of Pure at Heart doing Full Moon Fever, uh-huh. which isn't as good as either the original or the band. Uh, there's a really right. great one by this uh, New Zealand, I think they're New Zealand, they're a band called Quivers, and mm-hmm. they do R.E.M.'s Out of Time, which is a pretty hard album right. to cover, and it's it's just fucking awesome. It's like, it's easily the best full album cover i've heard in my life which admittedly is a small sample i've been threatening to cover uh uh high infidelity by ario speedwagon from beginning to end hmm? uh hmm? but uh, since since we've been a band 
and nobody thinks it's a good idea. Well, I can see Gabe's face right now. He's like, yeah, why are you bringing that up again? That's a terrible idea. But I've floated it to a few people, and they're like, yeah, nobody wants to hear that. I will. Uh, and I get it. <laughs> yeah, well, two. there's two of us. Yeah. So you guys are uh, throwing a, a virtual happy hour tomorrow for all the writers? It'll be next week. We wanted to give people a little bit of downtime. And then, you know, a lot of our folks have, like, kids and so forth, so trying to arrange childcare. But yeah, we're going to have a virtual happy hour just to toast everyone cuz a lot of what this is about for us is kind of a is community. Um uh-huh. and like the the core group of people that I think are involved with the tournament are very positive, very community oriented, like really trying to like feedback good things into this sort of like world that we've built amidst, you know, a much more toxic American and Twitter world that we're sort of operating in. And we, we did that last year because, you know, it was pandemic, so everyone's in their house anyway. And we thought we'd do it again this year because all, people really liked it. Um, and so we're going to have, yeah, a little toast to the work of the essayists who put it all out there and half of whom, you know, got eliminated in the first round, which sucks. And there's so many great, great essays. Yeah. Yeah. So you're going to have 64 people on a, on a Zoom call. Yeah. It's chaos. Just That's like the break tournament. Zoom. well i i think it's great and i think uh you know i can't say enough about the essays um it's a pleasure to read them and uh uh, thanks for including us and uh uh, once again (laughs) sorry sorry uh you know i mean uh, uh, our our the people that follow us they may seem crazy to other people but trust me they're you know when you're a band those are the exact kind of people you want in your corner and uh i would say so, so. Yeah, yeah no it was great i mean we really enjoyed having you guys be part of the tournament and we'll send you your championship rings here in a little bit we actually do make championship rings so we'll, we'll sending them to you okay i think we're a, <laughs> i think we're a size 10 okay. i'm gonna have to check on that one but uh okay. <laughs> let me look look for it uh, say hi to megan for us and uh Thanks a lot. Yeah. This is really cool. I can't wait for next next year. Cool. You've made some but, fans but, among us and among, I know, a lot of our readers here. I ordered a t-shirt today, so I'm really oh. looking forward to representing it. And, you know, you guys are coming to Phoenix in the yes. fall, so we may try to make the road trip up from Tucson to go check it out. All right. Let me know. We'll put you on the list. Um, yeah, that'll be fun. I'm, I'm just glad the thing's over. No shit. Yeah, I'll bet you are too. Yeah. Well, cheers. Cool. Cheers to you and congratulations on your championship. 